We gonna drop this next bomb for a money-making player that ain't with us no more. Yeah, Notorious B.I.G. Hell no! We gonna do this for a gang-banging thug that never seen it coming. Yeah, Tupac Shakur. Nah, bitch! I'm talking about motherfucking TC and Jake. And shit. Jake, happy Tuesday to you. Is it your favorite day of the week? Because it's podcast day? Uh... I don't know. That's a good question. I do like the feeling of the first one being behind us. You know, because then it's like, all right, that's kind of like half of the works, half of the, the the week's work. You know, two shows in, one pot in. Friday's kind of just like fun all around. You know, you're kind of feeling like you're hitting the old the old back nine, but it, uh, who even knows what day it is? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's how I've been feeling. I bet you really are. Uh, no, not really. Uh, be- because of the 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 childcare, I-, I know what days I don't have to watch the child. Yeah, I guess that's true. You were like you were saying the other day, like Megan is there more, but you also know there's days where you don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We, we we still like do the same rotation of going to the grandparents because you know they like seeing their grandchild and. I like having lots of time to do things. So, so what do you do? Uh, I mean, I've been working on my Observer. I've, I've got another thing coming out. Um, I don't know. Uh, not Nothing. I've, I've got, like, some side things I'm doing to try and be productive. Helping your trainer make a podcast. Trying to grow gourmet enoki mushrooms in my back room here. Wait, what? You heard me. <laughs> What was this, the middle word? Gourmet enoki mushrooms. Enoki is the kind of it's the kind of mushroom. Okay. Because see, for a minute, I thought you you were saying it's that you're tall, trying... thin, white mushroom goes uh, okay. goes great on lots of dishes. Yeah, for a second, I thought you said you were trying to make gnocchi with mushroom. No, although you know, maybe I'll get there. Because boy, let me tell you, there's nothing that I consider to be a bigger ruse than when people try to use mushrooms as a meat. Yeah, well, you know, that's because you haven't had chicken of the woods. What's that? It's a very advanced form of a uh, mushroom to try and grow indoors, but we're trying, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work up to that. Enoki is an easy one. Are these all psychoactive? No, none of them are. Oh, okay. Uh, Gourmet is the uh, word that mushroom growers use to denote that they are not psychoactive. So you're actually growing mushrooms that you're going to eat to not get high? Yes. Yes. And is this the first time you've done that? Yes. And is it because you like the taste of mushrooms? Not really. It's more like, I don't know. See if I could. I mean, I got the, I got, I got time. So, so, yeah, but then um, why not just grow the ones that'll get you high? Because it's illegal and CPS will come and take the kid. Oh, man. Now we're worried about CPS. Yeah, no. I mean, Guy fins I off home was invaders. looking for ways to continue on my treasured hobby of uh, growing mushrooms in uh, <laughs> ways that did not well. include felonious activity, and Enoki is what I settled on. You're going with the, you're kind of taking the O'Doul's route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, it's it's way different than that because, like, people like these. And, like, mushrooms a giant category. Like, you know, it's it's like plant. Like, if uh, if I saw you eating a green bean, well, I wouldn't be, like, huh, trying to kick the pot, huh? You know? Like, uh, enoki's got nothing to do with anything else. It's just a delicious enoki mushroom. I fucking hate mushrooms, man. So gross. That's, like, the yeah. one thing, like... My palate of the last 10 years has really explored the space, mainly just from, you know, wife being like, just eat it, Mm -hmm. baby, you fucking pussy. But I can't get there with mushrooms. I can't get there with my relationship with mushrooms. Oh, that reminds me. Well, maybe if you had some fresh enokis, it would would change things up considerably. And then people will put them in pasta and be like, this is the same as if there was meat in here. I'm like, what are you... (laughs) wrong with you people um i know what you can do with this time 
You can watch Love is Blind. Yeah, I mean, I guess I will. It feels way better. Feels like we missed the boat. Yeah, next time around, it's so much better. Just like as a concept, like the just the general concept of it makes um, the Bachelor feel like a complete give up Hmm. because the people have to pick the person, as the title might imply, that they would like to leave with and propose to without ever seeing them. So that's yeah. literally the concept, and it plays out phenomenally. <laughs> it really does. It's a very... Uh... And you know, the other thing is like, there's you'll get some trash folk on, on the batch, but this, this series went... Like, they leaned into that. Like, there's way more tits. I like that. Not like, not like exposed, but, you know, I've always kind of felt like The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, they, The Bachelor, I guess in this case, they don't want too many above B-cups. Yeah, which, you know, that's fucked up. Like, they want to they wanna flaunt their mid-Bs, but they don't want too many girls on there to intimidate America with more than Bs. Whereas Love is Blind did not see that as a stop sign at all. Just in general, not a show that embraces thick people. I know, right? Yeah, and there's a lot more of that. Uh, there's more of that. Just not and what I'm about. You know, that's that's opposed to my values. The the platform of the pod. Yeah. Um, probably Two guys not as many, who love thick. Yeah, probably not as many people you would consider to be like traditionally attractive even discounting their bodies like there's a lot of people that that definitely look haltimish but that makes it even better and it's a good show um and within the first couple episodes i'll just spoil one for you okay oh no okay uh one guy tells the woman that he left the uh the blind conversations with um so that's only like encompassing two or three episodes and he's like, yeah, you know, it's going to be hard um, once we can actually see each other and, and you know, we're actually physically hanging out, um, especially whenever uh, I tell her that I've, that I've dated a lot of guys. Oh. <laughs> her ball. Like, whoa, hey, oh, 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 yeah. I yeah, I don't, uh, I, I agree with you that it's probably good you didn't include that information uh, in stage one because I don't know if there would have been a stage two, but it's uh it's a wild ride it's a wild ride yeah uh we can get into this more in the uh the big the big segment but i i had a lot uh, we just we just really got to interface with that topic of elective gayness like i you know like i i mean i whatever i get like sometimes you know you can be attracted to uh to both but that, that did not appear to be what was going on in the tiger king that just they were a bunch of guys attracted to both. It kind of sounds like they were firmly in one camp and got paid in meth to join the other. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you got to wonder how thick your kick like, has to be for a drug to do that. And, and it definitely or gets like muddy. Or like if you kind of were open to it in general. Like, yeah, like, like, like I don't think that I... I mean, I just don't want to try meth. Like, if I if I were already hooked on meth, who the fuck knows, you know? Um, but but I have no interest in trying meth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? I mean, hey, they, they got more meth. I'm not so uh, uh, arrogant a person that I can't look at other people who do meth and the things that they do and sit over here in my ivory tower being like, oh, well, I would never do that. I just figure if I did meth, I would do all of it, which is why I don't do meth. That's a good point, and it does get pretty murky with the born that way, not born that way. If you've been in the camp of, well, you know, I mean, it seems like it would kind of be shitty for someone to choose to lit, to be in an out group that is constantly going to be shed upon by society. I don't know that I would reasonably assume that people would just choose that so well shut upon by most of society but if you're like you know if if your full society is the other people who live with you in this weird ass tiger zoo then uh you know maybe the incentives are starkly different sure yeah but just from in a broader sense that's really as far as my logic ever went was just well don't a lot of these people just get kicked out of their families and not 
treated equally and can't do this, can't do that. You can be fired. I would say that I would not choose that (laughs) if I had the choice, which makes me think that maybe to a certain extent, a lot of them don't. So yes, we can get to that more in a second. Um, I do want to do some follow-up first though, Jake. I assume you got some other things, but um, last week it was the regular episode where we talk about NFL on an island, right? Yes. I believe so. One, uh, obviously, you've seen that uh, the UFC is literally proposing to uh, do their fights on uh, Little St. James or similar. Yeah, so. I saw I saw Dana White. It did not make the show today, but I think it will tomorrow. Added in with um, kind of trying to walk through how insane MLB is for even floating um, the idea that they are. All right. Now I want to dig in there. I see that like lots of people on the internet think it's a bad idea, but I don't get it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's the best idea I've ever heard, in fact. What's wrong? Well, it just seems like it wouldn't really solve many of the problems, right? Like, one, it seems like it would be really tough. It seems like it would a, solve all the problems. Uh, well, logistically, I mean, you would. It, I don't understand how they would have, like... So the Dan was telling me today that they're going to have the players all sit in the stands, like in different sections. That was one part of the proposal that they floated. That seems pretty superfluous to me, given the other protections. That seems more like a look at us, where we really care about this stuff and are taking it seriously, more so than an active, uh, like you know, real real precaution. But well, wouldn't so one question I had though is like, let's say that they're all staying in this like Olympic style village, like it's just a, a set few hotels don't the people who work at that hotel aren't they going to have to live there too uh no i mean i think that so all of this makes me think that you're you're missing the uh the the key ingredient they're going to test everyone before every game everyone meaning all the players or everyone meaning everyone all the time everyone meaning meaning everyone before you walk into the stadium you're getting a test that they'll have the results of five minutes later okay so once you got that, like, done. <laughs> Clean your hands of it. Like the, the only thing that would stop them from having crowds is like the, just the, that that would be a shit ton of tests. Okay, but I'm saying like, let's say that somebody who was working at one of the places where they're staying, if they're not living there and it's not, I mean, it's got to be 100% because if that person goes home and they get it and they come back, well, if they've infected a player, okay, that player finds out and you know takes a test going in five minutes later, you know the results, but like they could have already infected several other people, like the guy they're having to hold on first base. What do you mean, hold on first base? They're not going to let him play in the game unless they've tested positive. Everyone playing in a, in a game would have tested, would have within a couple hours have demonstrated conclusively that they are not sick with the disease. Okay, yeah, I guess I just don't I don't really understand how you would keep it from not if one person at the place where they're staying gets it. This is not a, they- this the, the idea is not built on the idea of absolutely no one gets sick. Uh the idea is built on no one playing in a game is sick when they're playing in the game and then as they get sick, like, you know, they're, they're talking about expanded rosters so that you would be able to absorb such a thing. Like that then you would go to a different quarantine hotel. Uh, I, this is not like, like the, the, the plan here is not to make sure that no one gets sick. It's to decrease the amount, the chance of getting sick as much as possible. That's why they're all in one place and, uh, quarantined in the, the hotels. And then, you know, have these, these things in place where like, you know, if you, if you show up to the park, so like it would be an absolute disaster. You're right. Like if someone were standing on first next to someone else while one of them was sick and the other one got it, that would be really fucking bad. Then, then you'd like to have to stop play uh, if, if that occurred too many times. But if every single person playing in the game just tested uh, negative for the disease, then, um, you know, you're, you're fine. That's not going to happen. Like the, the worried about scenario where someone gives it to someone else on a, a hard slide into second, uh, that, that's just not going to happen because you're going to know that all of the people playing in this game are, are disease-free. I certainly hope that it, that it happens, not because I really want to watch baseball, because it, but because I think it would be interesting to watch them how to figure out you know, when half, half of their team is ill and they've got to try to continue to play and it becomes a, just a battle of attrition 
Like that's that's real Spartan shit right there. Where the World Series is basically just the two teams that can still feel the nine man lineup and a Dude, pitcher. If they're testing every day, I don't think that their chances of like widespread out. Like I don't know. Do you, do you know how much better like everyone would all be like? This disease would not be a threat if all of us could take a test every single day to see if we had it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I I just think if they're still interacting with people that might have it in some way, like the laundry person, the person who comes and cleans their room, but that even aside, if the goal is to get as many tests to as wide of the population as possible and then tell people to stay away from large groups, um, well, when MLB has 50 tests per day per game, it would seem to 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 mean that those are not going to other people who could have them. That's, I mean, the the May timetable. So the question right now, as far as like when they can get started, is when can Abbott, the company that has the rapid test patent or whatever, uh, when when can they make enough tests so that there are enough for everyone in hospitals and it's not even like an issue to get enough out to MLB players. And uh, they, they have judged May, possibly June, to be that time. So, like, that's, that's what okay. they're waiting on. They will not execute this plan without, uh, like, like if it's going to be a PR pushback for them, of they're like, why the fuck are you taking a test a day whenever no one else can get anything? Um, that's, that's the, like, they, they, they will not accept that situation. Whenever tests are so widespread that, like, uh, you can, uh, you know, you can understand why players would be able to take one every day, that's when they're going to start playing. Yeah, and I don't think it's. I also don't think it's crazy that they would, <clears throat> and maybe you you give somebody some sort of a stock option equity program, uh, Peter. Maybe the hotel workers are told they have to live there. Yeah, or just test them whenever they're coming in. Yeah, food people, all of them. But shit, I mean, one, I'm not opposed to it. It just seems like a lot of moving parts. <laughs> Um, and two, uh, I've never heard you so fucking horny for baseball in my life. <laughs> I'm always this horny for baseball. There's never been a time that, uh, the opening day has been delayed before, you know, I always get, get everything I'm looking for on and the anticipated time. Also, you got to see, this is, uh, the best White Sox team since the world series. There it is. There it is. No question. This is Kopech related. <laughs> yeah. Kopech, Robert, all of them. <laughs> So I guess the question is, uh, to get it done, would you do a little uh, Dylan Maldonado or whatever his name was? Like, this is your meth. Travis Maldonado. Thank Travis. You. Dylan, uh, was, the Dylan was the replacement. Right. He's the, the the Shane Falco. So yeah, this is your meth. So you got to... Well, how straight are you? Um, do I have to tell anyone about this? <laughs> it's a shame thing. Yeah, like if I could just like you know, if it's just all between us. Like you know, who is it? Uh, uh, the uh, Manfred. Like I, I gotta go, gotta go suck off Rob Manfred to get him to start the season. But like, this is all discreet. He he's, you know, mutually assured destruction. He's not looking to to have it get out anyway. Right. Then yeah, yeah, I'm probably fine with that. He sees it's time. It's time for your noon <laughs> appointment. <laughs> You know what that means, TC. We brought baseball back. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I'd do that every day if that's what you're talking about. Um, but a one-time thing. Yeah, we it's could like do a one-time and, thing. And like two months in, Chicago's like eight back, and you're like not really feeling it anymore. But you're just, ah, cry- you're yeah, just go, crying. <laughs> go back to no games. <laughs> the UFC thing is interesting, just because it's the most UFC thing you could possibly imagine. I love you it. If you don't think they'll turn that shit into a reality show with the quickness. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so we were talking about playing the NFL <laughs> on an island, uh, and then we also read that they had uh, floated um, uh, playing at the Greenbrier in uh, West Virginia. And I don't know if we've covered this before. I don't think so, but someone alerted me, so I, don't, I didn't know if they were just remembering a part of a podcast that we didn't remember or that I didn't remember or if they were giving me new information. Do you know who owns the Greenbrier, Jake? Uh, is it like, well, is it a re- like a religious group? No, no, no. It's one man. I don't know. It is uh, none other than the largest governor in all 50 states. 
Big Mr. Jim? Jim Justice. Big Jim J. That's his job. Like that's like I whenever I looked up like uh, Jim Justice Greenbrier, it was like Greenbrier owner Jim Justice announces candidacy for West Virginia governor. So that's that's what he's known as. He's the Greenbrier guy. Ah, oh, big fat Jim, big tall Jim. You love him though, don't you, folks? <laughs> he's <right>. huge. <laughs> that's awesome. I would say that that might make him a more prestigious figure than the man who's mocking him. <laughs> because he owns the Greenbrier? Well, he owns the bunker. Yeah. You know, I mean, in the event that Trump needs a place to go, dude, that's a great scenario. And he's just standing there. He's like, take it back. Say I'm not. <laughs> standing outside <laughs> the vault fucking, door. <laughs> yeah. And there's fallout occurring all around. Yeah. yeah it's just, and Trump's like, just let me in my, take it back, Donald. Say that I'm say that I'm at least just as poorly built as you are. McConnell's standing like on the other side, the safe side of the door, like just imploring Trump, like just be reasonable, man. Just take it back. Come in with us. It's, it's all Dude, good. That's a, that's a classic scenario when you're a kid, where you're like, I am not fucking apologizing. <laughs> There's no way. And then they go in with way more leverage than you thought. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I don't think you're fat. <laughs> louder, louder! He's got his, he's got his shirt off. Tell the whole caucus. <laughs> oh man, uh, the Greenbrier, huh? Owned by Big Jim J. That's right. Um, it was a listener that told me that. I don't recall specifically which one, but you know, uh, I should have recalled which one so I could give him proper credit. And thank you to them. And thank you to a good listener for sending us this. I also did not note the name. And this is so bad that I almost am not sure that it's him. But it does come to us from his uh, his YouTube channel. Oh, this is uh, IJB fan Dan. Dan. Dan the man. Remember James McCoy Taylor? Yeah, I think that he just calls himself James Taylor, right? Which is confusing yeah, to me. Yeah, but... On the show, it was just James Taylor, but I think on his YouTube channel, he's now branded himself a little more like James McCoy Taylor. That's good, because, you know, there's already someone who writes songs named James Taylor, and he's kind of got a got a lock on that name, culturally. I think this dude's an Aggie, um, and he was really kind of insufferable. He cried like a bitch. Um, he was on JoJo's season. He, he cried a lot. That was something else. Also, he was the number one like uh, dude who was like, "I'm gonna front up, Chad." Can't, can't, yeah. can't be acting that way. But like, just could not come close to fucking matching him. You know? Like, no, no. Wanted Didn't to pick a fight. Was in floor. no position to win that fight. Hey man, be nicer. Chad's just like, really, I'm fucking doing pull ups with a, 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 a suitcase full of rocks. What are you gonna do? You gonna play me a ballad? <laughs> yeah uh and he cried and he was the classic she was like i just i i know you'll find it it's just not gonna be with me i just can't imagine myself being with that much of a bitch <laughs> and then um come to find out we found his uh youtube page where he had some really hot evolution opinions yeah i went to the whiteboard to tell you about how global warming isn't happening stuff like right. that yeah well he's engaged in a slight pivot mm -hmm. and i think this is it's Taylor, haha, made for us, oh. because he has uh, pivoted to uh, doing tributes to Kobe and Gianna, but he uses a song that I think you will be particularly interested in, and then does the deal where the lyrics are way too literal. Okay. Enjoy. Kobe Bryant was walking his daughter, she was 13 years old. Yelped her into a helicopter and said it was time to go. But the pilot lost control. That <laughs> Pacific fog. True enough. If I know Kobe, he held her close and whispered up to God. Probably not. He said, Take my money, take my trophies. I don't need anything. You can make it where no one knows me. No fame, no champion rings. Tell me how we work. Gotta please. Don't take my girl. Oh, tell me how the world. Oh, God, please. 
Yeah. So the, then God the number, just said no. <laughs> uh-uh. The number one ranked song in the IJB Hall of Fame is Tim McGraw's Don't Take the Girl. Mm-hmm. And James Taylor did that, but to Kobe, and then had some way too specific lyrics about the Pacific Fall. <laughs> yeah. like, just we want to get like, into the, the instrumentation of the bird <laughs> right right exactly <laughs> going to play in an elite basketball tournament <laughs> sponsored by life water <laughs> yeah no and then uh i think he's got a real confusion about the mechanics of helicopter crashes how so I just don't know that there was a lot of opportunity to kind of crawl over to uh, his daughter and then take yeah. some time to prey on it. I'm pretty sure he died on impact. <laughs> and I'm also pretty sure that the whole song was rendered moot whenever James said, if I know Kobe, but definitely don't. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then his... Take take my championship rings. <laughs> God's like, not enough. I want you to apologize to Shaq. <laughs> Say the Shaq thing was your fault. I mean, it was, you know. <laughs> apologize for putting up 50 shots in your last game. No one needed to watch it, you know. This is crazy. This is crazy. I'm 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 going to I'm going to I'm going to lay into the Mamba mentality and sort of haggle with the Lord here. I don't know. I thought you'd enjoy that because it uh, gave me serious pinwheel eyes the first time I heard it. Like, definite cultural Mad Lib moment. Yeah. 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 All the things that we love. <laughs> Kobe, parody songs, The Bachelor, and Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. And A&M football. Yeah. So you want to talk, about, uh, want to talk about the Tiger King? Yep. So, uh... I didn't know that we like I just assumed from from like living and walking around that uh we had just reached a certain point in tattoo artistry that I didn't think we were going back from to find out that there are a group of people living together most likely I assume giving themselves these tattoos or giving each other I mean there was the one guy like at the end when he gets the most red flag one covered up uh that was at someone else's shop, so so maybe they they are going outside and but whatever. But I, I I just that was that was something that stunned me from start to finish. Are you with me here? Just you're saying that you think their tattoos are bad, terrible. Oh yeah, I mean they're definite Oklahoma tattoos, for like sure. difficult to look at. Like I, I don't know, I, I I live pretty close to Oklahoma as you do. I just I would have figured like that I I like I didn't even know it was that bad up there, you know. This has really decreased my opinion of Oklahoma, to be honest. Oh, which, man. You know, you, you know where it was before. And uh, Joe is, uh, is, is from Texas. So, I, and there was a lot of rural Texas that I picked up from that. And I mean, whatever, their states are neighbors. It's probably not a giant difference in their rural populations. But yeah, so I, I don't want to try and put it all on Oklahoma. I really don't. I don't think that's fair. But uh, yeah, a lot, lot, lot going on in that dock. In general, and especially with the tattoos. I didn't feel like that cover-up went that well either. <laughs> I don't think that there are cover-ups that go... That that was about how it was. But just to, uh, to highlight that, and for anyone who hasn't seen the documentary, uh, that was a tattoo. So as, as we discussed, Joe, had, uh, Joe himself was, was a homosexual, um, came out as a uh, young man. His uh, father told him, don't, bo- don't bother uh, going to my funeral, which... Uh, regardless of your feelings about Joe or anything else or whatever, uh, by itself, absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Like, of course, you know that, you know, that's how like, you know, uh, plenty of parents, uh, have reacted and probably still will react in certain, you know, circles or whatever. But, uh, still you you never want to hear about it. Like just how fucking crushing that would be. Um, but uh, yeah, so so he he's a homosexual man and um, had a, a a string of husbands 
Uh, one, you know, part of the documentary that people really focused on is the uh, the footage of their wedding, where they're wearing matching uh, pink cowboy shirts with cowboy hats, and a lot of tiger stuffs going on. Um, I don't think enough was made out of that on the uh, on the actual um, on the actual documentary because that whole wedding. Let's see if I can play it here. The whole thing is like thirty minutes, and it's all online, and it's awesome. And there's a monkey uh, that's the ring bearer. <laughs> trying to see if I can find the monkey. Anyways, they kind of just like did two minutes on the wedding. And I think that, that wedding was was kind of the highlight of his whole story to me. Yeah, a five-part series on the wedding uh, would be warranted, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so he's he's he uh, he did marry two different men at the same time. Both of them were uh, you know considerably younger than him, and in some of those older footage or whatever, I would say he looks like an average looking person. But by the time we get to uh, today, I would say that I was deeply unsettled every time I had to see him on my television. I I I just feel really uncomfortable looking at him. Is, did did you have any of the same reaction? Um, you know, I guess I kind of got used to it. The other two guys actually, I think, are weirder to look at for me because they still have some shred of possible normal, even for Oklahoma, Oklahoma normal. But you can kind of tell um, they're losing it. Whereas, like, he's all, all the way lost it already. Yeah. And, and then the other thing about the wedding is that I was under the impression, and maybe this isn't really how it goes in, you know, polygamy religious type polygamy Mm -hmm. but i would have thought if three dudes were getting married they were all three in on the action and i think well because neither one of his husbands like kiss or it's not a everyone together all the time thing yeah which i think would uh kind of go towards the idea which you know was certainly uh advanced in the documentary that 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 they were forced into this a bit like, I don't think that if uh, those two dudes just met each other without him or any of the dynamics they're in, that they would be like, you know what? We should get married and, like, make out and stuff. I don't think they had any sexual interest in each other. And I don't think that they had much in him, uh, just that, you know, whatever. Like, he was uh, a magnetic personality, and they were guys who just didn't have a lot of other prospects is what it seemed like. Kind of interesting, though, that there's enough people, whether that's the case or not, and I think it probably is. I mean, there's you know a good number of people. I think this is a moment for progressivism in Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, albeit potentially a forced, <laughs> coercive type relationship. I mean, if you'd have told me that there were 40 people back in 2014 that wanted to go watch three dudes get married, one of them, you know, being just out of his teens, um, I would have said i bet you that there's not enough that, that that most people would just say they would uh spit in the in the way of these three men and rather than celebrate them yeah i've never been to uh winwood oklahoma as far as i know um and i'm certainly in no no position to speak authoritatively on it and i i think there's probably plenty of what you're talking about but i i just th- i just kind of wonder if like someone like that like joe that's like an outsized personality who also like has some money like probably you know i mean the like whatever they show like where he lived and like where all the other people lived like uh that's difficult to contemplate as well like uh you know it, it just looked like fucking shitty arrangements um so i i don't know that he's like uh rolling in money but also he has this successful business probably the most successful business in winwood oklahoma i would assume i, I don't know yeah. um and like, like just, I don't know. I, I, I think that he's got a fine shot at being, um, a pillar of that particular community in his own way. Like so they give him a little pass. Yeah. Like they talk to the sheriff and the sheriff is like well aware of him. Um, it isn't like a big fan who's like going out of his way to like, you know, break the rules for Joe. But, uh, I, I, I think he just had a certain place in the, the culture there would be my guess. Where like, 
everyone kind of knew his deal. And I think that that's often the case with, with a lot of these things is like, you know, if you ask, uh, you know, rural folk about, uh, what, what do you think about gay people in general? Um, you know, th- th- there might be like a negative opinion amongst some of them. Um, but if you ask them like, you know, what do you think about this specific gay person that, you know, it's well, probably a different opinion. Since he was a little boy. Did nothing wrong with him. He just a little funny. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so that, that, that'd be my, my guess at that. Um, continuing on about this, uh, relationship, I have one piece of audio that, uh, I felt stood out so much from the rest of all of the shit show going on in this documentary that we had to play it. Uh, do you want to guess? How gay are you? (laughs) No, that's, that's a good one. Um, but the, the thing where I was like, like after having seen, you know, like three and a half episodes of just the craziest shit that I watched one thing with like my mouth agape of like, okay, this is so far and above the rest of the shit. One of the, uh, the younger one of his two husbands, uh, ends up, uh, killing himself, right? Like he, I know he's involved with drugs, but he didn't overdose. He killed himself, right? He killed himself on accident. Okay. Yeah. Well, how did, how did he do it again? Uh, he was playing around with a loaded gun. Okay. And, and by the way, that's not his first husband. Um, because I have now listened to a few three and a half episodes of the Joe exotic podcast. <laughs> All right. Apparently it's been out for a while and yeah. they're, you know, it's really, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I appreciate people's work on stuff like that. The guy who did it wrote along, like I think New York Times Magazine article about him. So he had all this, you know, reporting in the can and decided to make a podcast out of it. I don't know that it's that good. You know, I'm not sitting here saying that you and I are broadcast professionals or anything of the sort, but it sounds like a guy who was a writer trying to get into talking. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, but some of the info is pretty good, but it does get into the fact that that is not his first. Uh, that, uh, the dude who killed himself on accident was not his first, his first husband. Okay. Cause first of all, his first, the, um, his first husband or at least known partner died of AIDS. Yeah. Um, and does this make me a complete bigot? If I look at Joe exotic and I'm like, okay, so your husband had AIDS. You kind of have a Dallas buyers club look about you. How are you still alive? And how are you having sex with these other two dudes? Seemingly, none of you are the safest people in the world, considering we're talking about a guy who accidentally killed himself with a loaded gun. How do they not all have it? Do I just not really know how it works? Uh, I, I, I can't help you. I mean, I, I don't think it's like 100% hit rate on if you have sex with someone with AIDS that you catch right. AIDS. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I would think that if like they're your partner like you're gonna gonna get it i think we got sidetracked did we did we describe the uh the 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 most crazy tattoo it said uh what privately owned or private private owned privately owned by joe exotic i think maybe i don't even think it said buy i think it just said privately owned and like curved letters on top of it and then like on the bottom said joe exotic and it was stamped right above the young man's crotch Mm. Mm. and then he opted to get a uh, nice uh attitude era the rock brahma logo over the top of it <laughs> i mean that's just a good call I, i've been thinking about that uh, myself um but yeah so so he has the uh that that's that's his older husband that has the uh privately owned joe exotic tattoo on his crotch um and then uh his uh his younger husband end up killing himself and uh they they held a, a funeral for him at the uh, GW Exotic Zoo. And uh, important thing to keep in mind, the young man's mother and then the mother appeared to be surrounded by like her, you know, what, like like her, her part of the family, you know? Right. So a number of people who uh, knew Travis for much of his life, a man who was described earlier in the documentary as having a conversation with Joe about whether or not he was gay and said no initially. So it's, it's not, you know, that's, this is all uh, a bit of a shock to them probably whenever he said that he was getting married to uh, two other men. Um, but you know, they, they've adjusted well enough to uh, attend a funeral along with uh, this, uh, this, this husband figure. And uh, this, this is what he says in the eulogy. We're going to try and make this, 
Not a day of mourning, but a day of celebration to celebrate the life of Travis Michael Maldonado. And we spent the last four years of our life together. And I asked him every day, I said, why well, I me? Mean. He said, because God put me here to make you smile, and that's my job. And it didn't matter how stupid he had to get. Or if I was sitting there concentrating as short as I could on the computer to write a letter to a senator or a congressman or something else, he'd run come and rub them balls in my face. <laughs> and everybody that works here knows exactly what I'm talking about because you've seen his balls. <laughs> they were like golden nuggets to that boy. This old a stunning moment. <laughs> and now he's performing a concert. <laughs> of his, his own music, I believe. Uh, he, he was a recording artist. Uh, he had yeah, two, kinda. Two albums. I don't remember the second one's title, but one was called uh, I Saw the Tiger. The, his voice is barely on any of those, by the way, but I don't want to pull the curtain. I don't want you to see the man behind the, cur- the curtain too much. but It doesn't yeah, sound like him at all. No, because it's really good. <laughs> yeah, dude, the songs are the best part. Yeah, like songs, like that. That song's video. great. Uh, the 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 song that Doc likes. Kitty. Yeah, yeah, of him uh, describing his rival feeding her husband to a tiger, <laughs> and got a woman that looks exactly like her to appear yeah. in the video. That's Fucking stunning. The, that's better than the uh, like the. Um, Two trailer park girls round the outside Eminem video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a chick that kind of looks like Christina. Um, yeah, just a, a lot of zest to invite a grieving mother to a funeral and then kind of make the funeral about her dead son putting his nutsack on the older lover who was definitely preying upon him. They were like golden nuggets to that boy. And everyone who who works here knows that. <laughs> yeah, just, they just they saw him do it. Like we would just be time. hanging out, and he would just fucking rub his balls <laughs> on my face. Because he God put him here to make me happy. Oh, okay. Like Jesus That's fucking a, Christ, man, he's already dead. Like it's what, not what? a reduction at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I I did notice a, a theme throughout of every time that Joe would describe something someone else said to him, it sort of just sounded like Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd, 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 I'm, I'm wondering if any of those conversations ever happened. Yeah. That seems... Yeah. So it's no small wonder that he wrote a, uh, a letter to Trump asking for a pardon this month because they, they got a lot of the same plays. They do have a lot of the same plays. Uh, Joe has coronavirus now, I'm sure everyone has seen. Is that confirmed... I don't know. I think it's just that he was exposed, and that's why they had to re- they had to move him. Okay. Um, so much like the AIDS virus, he might not have it. Right. Let's see here. Um, yeah, this is just a bunch of headlines, but yeah, I think it's just that he's in his his other husband, Dylan, has said that he's in isolation because inmates at a jail where he was had tested positive. Okay. So I don't know if he's actually got it yet or not. Yeah. But there's no way he sees 2021 though. How about that? Uh yeah, but you know, he's 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 pulled off a lot of upsets all right in his already in his life. That's true. He's a man you can't pin down. Um Carol's husband, one of the largest cucks I've ever met. Oh my god, dude. When he's he's and he's literally being fucking walked. Yeah. Like the scene seen reason costume. Yeah. Like it kind of does make me want to see them have sex. Just because I want to know what she's providing that has him acting this way. I just think some people just kind of like that, you know? He has Mitch McConnell face, too, by the way. He does have Mitch McConnell face. Just some people, I, I just think they kind of want someone else in their life that sort of takes the pressure off them to figure out anything and you know just kind of looking looking for a leader any kind of leader i think what you're saying is she definitely pegs him yes 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 anytime you if a woman has put a leash around your neck and walked you in costume and not like a, I mean i think i think even at a halloween party that might be a little suspect but and then you're singing to her 
you know, but not really being like good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. I was kind of hoping somewhere along the way that he would get his comeuppance. Like maybe there's a suit or a, or some sort of charges filed against them, but it's just him. Like, I would just uh, love for him and Joe to go in the ring. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, he he's he's chief cuck. There's no doubt about it. Uh the amount of I I guess I guess you if you thought about it you probably would have anticipated this, but still seeing it in full force throughout the documentary over and over and over. The amount of the, the degree to which these people are just obsessed with fucking large cats. Like just they they go over like they they take special care with Carol to show you that every single thing in her closet has animal print on it. Right. Uh but every single person in the documentary is wearing a tiger shirt. Like just has fucking like the 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 one guy the the I think it was the older husband might have been someone else though. Whenever they're doing an interview sitting on a bed and they just got like a stuffed tiger on the bed just like everything they're, they're not fucking subtle about this stuff it's just if if, if you can get so, if you can get something to look like a, or remind you of a tiger in some way then like uh they're doing it yeah and it's it's the tiger is is line one but it's this is kind of an extension of uh one of our long-standing uh planks of the platform which is just uh exotic animal guy yeah you know probably owns a sword um Definitely. or a th- or a throwing star mm-hmm. or something of the like uh probably a bit of a hoarder claims some kind of belt in karate there's no question there's no question and so <clears throat> you know not everybody who lets an iguana walk around their house ends up owning a tiger but a lot of them do <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> and <laughs> and i think you know if you knew a See, most people knew a guy or two like this growing up, and then if they all get together in one place, and that place is in Oklahoma, that's never going to end well. Just the number um, of people in this documentary that like, uh, just that you heard the line over and over of like, yeah, I got my first cub when I was uh, 22, and from there I was just hooked. But it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like meth, though, right? I can't I can't guarantee you that if someone would have said, "Hey, you want this tiger cub for free?" When you might like just have the, the, the Jake Kemp become, exotic zoo. Yes, I might have become cat guy. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Like, I'm kind of glad that my hands are clean on this one because I have a lot of friends, mino included, who have been to this. They've been to his zoo. Oh, really? And a good friend of ours, uh, I can't remember, I think I might have said this on the podcast last week, but a good friend of ours, uh, his sister, uh, has like four or five kids. And so one of his nephews signs all of his, he's probably seven or eight and he's yeah. really into exotic animals Yeah, and they've been up there a bunch and they've played with the cubs and he signs all of his schoolwork first name exotic. Yeah. So this is a, you know, this is a trip I could have seen my family taking if the timing had fallen correctly and yeah, i've heard from people ones that are like I, yeah whenever we would go to we, we went to it and he would literally just rant about all the people that are trying to bring him down for like 90 percent of the tour i believe that G- given his uh like any other evidence of him talking ever there's yeah. no point where he goes five minutes without mentioning carol baskin so yeah which would be even weirder i think if you had paid to just kind of go see his stuff like, yeah what <laughs> yeah like, you the, it's it's like dan's classic don't cubs. apologize thing like no one there and i know is everyone's away. saying like it. if they knew the degree to which people Drop. are protesting the way you treat these animals they probably wouldn't be there but like uh you know they uh they they chose to go on this tour so they probably think it's all right so maybe just kind of let them keep thinking that rather than being like well carol baskin says i'm uh killing these these cats in the backyard not true yeah, and then the you're like, I don't know, is he? Take me down. Yeah. yeah, like why? In why the are podcast, they doing that, Joe? They mentioned that like one of his first hustles was mall shows. Yeah, and you know that goes back to us uh, remembering when we were kids that you know the pet store at the mall was literally like a fucking Footlocker. Like they had shelves of animals on the wall, and it's like, oh, a sugar glider. Yeah. On sale, $49, and that's the sort of places, I guess, where Joe Exotic would set up 
initially before he had the zoo. And they had that just, whole bit about him uh, including magic at that time. Yes. Like had <laughs> the, was, the kid that taught him magic and they, they show the kid and he's just wearing a t-shirt that says got magic in the got milk <laughs> font. <laughs> That's really good. Um, he had, I can't, like illusionist type, uh, like the boxes that you can use to do tricks. And there is a story from the podcast that they had a tiger that was so scared that they knew they couldn't use him. And this is maybe at a mall or a, like a rec center. So about an hour beforehand, he sent one of his helpers to a thrift store, bought a bunch of uh, black and orange spray paint and just used a sheep. And oh, just passed no. it off. <laughs> just just dotted him up <laughs> and then is like standing there holding a sheep like ah oh, fuck it they'll never figure it out <laughs> they'll Jeep's never catch me stick and move jesus <laughs> fuck man like he's just yeah. so full of those like dumb ass ideas like <laughs> on the one hand you can imagine most people you've met just like thrown in the towel and like see you you, you kind of respect the uh the determination and like I, I just think a lot of people just would have come up with nothing, but in this particular case, I think that nothing is a, is a superior solution. So <laughs> I, I don't know how much credit you give him. Yeah, one one other thought I had watching this. Um, th- if if anyone's wondering about what my uh, high school was like, it's pretty much I I don't know. Like take like. 80% of Joe Exotic and imagine him running a rehab and, and that that's pretty much there. That's that's it. That's what we're talking about. That's kind of how I've always envisioned it, to be honest with you. Had a real strong, like that whole family that ran the rehab I was at. Uh, when I was a freshman, they, uh, they bought some baby goats and were <laughs> like, y'all are going to raise goats now. And I just imagine like, I was just watching the whole thing and thinking about if they had liked that experience just a little bit more, like they would have been off. Like that would have been it. They're hooked. And now it's like, you know, the fucking rehab slash tiger zoo. <laughs> 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 and the fact that they in their, uh, you know, like they still got the property as, as far as I'm aware. I, I think that they use it for like a uh, wedding rentals now, which <sighs> I, I just well, I, we went there. Yeah, 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 and that's that's when we saw it was like the wedding rentals, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that looks like a decent place to get married if you didn't have like tremendous PTSD. I don't know, man. Uh, it, see, see, unless they did a lot to change the inside of some of those buildings, it's it's not like that classy a place. Um, it's all converted double wide trailers and like steel siding buildings and you know things you would find in Conroe, Texas. Uh, but yeah. anyways. I mean, I guess they're only competing against the other wedding venues in Conroe, Texas. So, you know, um, more power to them. But the fact that it's not in a, an exotic animal zoo is something I was surprised by whenever, uh, whenever thinking about it a little bit more. Man, can you imagine if you were locked up right now? Like if, I mean, I guess they would have just kept you cut off from the outside world, right? Yeah, like uh, the closest analogy is uh, they waited till that night to tell the kids about 9-11. Okay. Like they just, like I probably happened while everyone is in school, so they were like, just let them finish up school. When school was done, the program director showed up. It was like, I got got something to tell y'all. And that was was like uh, two months before I got there, so I was not in school for 9-11 but i you know i showed up it was like so how'd you guys hear about 9-11 <laughs> <laughs> what were the best jokes <laughs> uh yeah but that doesn't there's not really like an actionable response to that you know whereas with yeah. this i wonder if they would be even trying to keep you separate from each other if that's even possible like uh, i mean if it's not in this like it's a pretty closed loop um because most know, I the mean, workers live there right uh no pretty much none of them that was a a thing that changed over the course of my time or after i left the whenever it was like lights out and like the staff left uh there was a staff member who was like who lived in a house that was like technically on the property but like was not super close um and like you know from the time when they whenever they like shut the door to whenever they came and got us in the morning uh it was it was all you know locked doors and uh that that was it it was just like the kids in there and then 
they at some point like uh someone from the state came and was like you can't do that <laughs> and uh so they they had to have staff members there all the time which uh my friends that i made while i was there uh mike morrissey was one of them and then i, I don't know if you i don't think you have met my friend dave who uh who lives here they they both did it and uh could just rack up ungodly overtime by just like being there, you know, like yeah. they, they would work regular shifts and then they would uh, just be like, you know, the staff member that was like, they, they graduated from being students and became staff and then were the staff member that was paid to be there. And so uh, Dave at the age of like 22 or 23 uh, paid for a car in cash. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just because he'd worked so much trying overtime to get, trying to get even. Yeah. 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 I guess so. <laughs> Although, you know, he, he's, He's uh, the most chill person I've ever met about all of it, you know, like uh, is mostly appreciative forever and setting him on the right path, which, you know, more power to him. That's uh, what's the syndrome? I, th- I don't know that I want to accuse Dave of having Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> That's a really underrated Blink song. Stockholm syndrome? Yeah. Isn't that what it's? I'm pretty sure they have a song called that. If they do, I'm not familiar. Is that from like a later album? I want to say that is on. I want to say that is on um, the album after the, uh, the the self-titled one. Oh, okay, yeah, it is indeed. They, you're right. When they when they came back a little bit after uh, "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," which is really the last time I was kind of really in, to be honest. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a clear departure from uh, from the sound at that point. Um, yeah, but I, I I like songs on that album, but I. I I do not know every song on the album. I actually have listened to the whole thing th- all the way through many times, but um, didn't remember. I'm that saying after song. that though, after okay. that, I mean, well, I guess there was an eight year layoff, <laughs> but that's when we yeah. got like Boxcar and okay. whatnot. But yeah, uh, the last three I have not. I, I don't. I don't recognize Matt Skiba as a member of Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we're, just we're, don't. We're I know that that makes that. me a bad guy. Some but, people disagree, but but I'm not one of them. I liked Alkaline Trio quite a bit, actually. They had some really good songs, but I just, I'm not going to go there. No. I'm not going to go there. But that may, did make me think about um, our buddy who is currently in treatment. Um, and he went like a month and a half ago, and it's probably a deal where he's got to do three or four months. Like, knock it out, young fella. <laughs> like, right now is the time. Like, if you had to go, like, actually, a P1 emailed me and was like, hey, I'm 60, and I've been a hardcore alcoholic for 35 years, and as I'm listening to you guys, I'm getting on a plane for Florida to go check myself in. I'm okay. like, damn, dude, that is making the most. Like, yeah, like, I, I'm going to really look have... like I can enjoy anything for the next few months. I might yeah. as well just go do this thing. Like, some people making a brisket, by the way. Thank you for saying you liked it. Even if you didn't, <laughs> of course I did. Well, dude, you got to know that that's great. You surely you ate it, right? Oh, we had it Saturday night. We had it Sunday morning. We made uh, you know a little scramble dude, uh, last night. Flavor out of in- control. Last night, brisket enchiladas. Wow, rolled up a Love little, uh, rolled some tortillas up, threw them in there, and then hit the red and green sauce with it. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm still working on it, but um, so that's what I'm doing. Um, not what I probably should be doing, which is what that guy did, and just going to rehab in the middle of this deal and being like, yeah, I'm just going to knock this out while I'm here. Thanks. Cool. I mean, uh, there's got to be a lot of people who are doing shit like that, right? The Excel thing with uh, COVID, like, if you, like, it's, you know, there's only, I mean, got to be less than 20 staff members at any given time. Like, that, Mm -hmm. even, maybe, like, with teachers, it gets you to 20. So, the chance that it, like, one out of, you know, this group of 20 people, you, you could get through the whole outbreak without them necessarily having it. I, I, I don't know that it's like hitting areas like Conroe, especially hard. Um, yeah. So I, I think that there's a chance that, uh, that everyone's fine, but I'm letting you know if, if one person brings it in, like it's fucking over that, that was the case for anything. Like yeah. if, if one person was sick, half the school was going to be sick. Like that was a guarantee. Everyone like knew it and anticipated it. Like there was, you know, just times whenever this, whatever, you just weren't going to go to class because like fucking everyone's puking right now. Mm. That sounds pretty terrible, TC. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, you know, thing. it is <laughs> a whole dang thing. 
Uh, I that's that's where the uh, the start of my overconfidence about my own immune system kicks in because <laughs> I got that like uh, as a freshman once I, I caught whatever else caught the rest of the time if there was an outbreak I was fucking golden so I just you know look around like yeah I mean I guess you know people with regular immune systems do have to worry about shit like that <laughs> I'll be over here I love tracing the origins of your various uh, I don't know. I don't want to say problematic, but uh, outlier strains of thought. Eh, yeah. Someone's got to have the best immune system on earth, like statistically. Did they they make you brush your teeth there? (laughs) Uh, I don't remember. I I think that I had a regular, somewhat regular toothbrushing regimen. I need to get, I need to work into more of a routine with the, the COVID there's a lot of hygiene stuff that I do that I that is mainly triggered by like the first time I have to leave the house for that day. Like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna shower up, I'm gonna freshen up, got to get out of the house now. And uh, without that, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I don't shower, but I mean, like, it's 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 at an all time low. It's it's gone from a, a daily to more like a day and a half average. I'm still in my normal usually probably 10 times a week shower routine, but the weekend before last, I did make it from Friday morning till Monday morning. And that, that felt monumental to me. You wanted that? No, I didn't really want it. It just kind of happened. And then when it did happen, I was kind of proud. Like we were, yeah, not see, I really don't really like it. it. I didn't work out on, I guess after Friday morning. And then, yeah, I got all the way to Monday morning and just the look of disgust. They got shot my way Monday morning. Like, oh, well, I guess we have to wash the sheets again. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just every every time that I take a shower, it's it's because like I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be out in public, and uh, I won't be I won't have a chance to do this again for you know like six hours or whatever I'm doing, you know. So so do I want to feel this dirty for six hours? No, I definitely don't. Got to get in the shower. But here, like, it's like I could shower five minutes from now perpetually. So it's, there's, there's never like that triggering event where it's like, all right, we, we've really got to do this. Or we're going to regret the consequences. It's always like, well, I could do it later. <laughs> always, yeah. you know? <clears throat> well, um, the last thing I have for you on Joe Exotic is, and I don't know, they might need to strike why the iron's hot, but did you see that Investigation Discovery is going to put out one on all on Carol? Uh, like, like bad? Well, like trying to get to the bottom of, uh, you know, what the fuck the happened husband? to your other husband. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I have the same appetite for that. What's that? It invo- I don't know if I have the same appetite for that unless it involves Howard being indicted. I mean, it seems Somehow. like, like I don't know. I, I've, I've heard all I need to hear. Like she killed her yeah. husband. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like a lot of these series type cultural moment. They don't know when to stop type thing. Like I think that's a pretty classic case like of serial, uh, for example, of of murder. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, where you know, like you can't, and and rightly so. Like I don't want a justice system where you can just show up and be like, you know, she was saying a bunch of shitty stuff about him like five minutes before he died. So you do the math. Like who else wanted to kill him? Uh, but but like for the court of public opinion and just like for you having peace of mind about like what exactly happened here like the stuff they present in in the 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 netflix doc it's like yeah yeah she did that shit she 100 yeah. percent killed him <laughs> of course yeah all right well i'm out of uh i'm out of stuff cool Are man me stuff? too except for uh i know we mentioned this on the um uh the the uh, zoom call or whatever but i did look up as a follow-up to last week when i was guessing you might be able to get on a uh, doc antle's uh myrtle beach safari club or whatever for 20 bucks a pop uh tours are starting at 300 dollars. Mm. so I, th- okay. I think that it might be like uh, i saw something about like 25 after that like that if, if if you and i went it would be 300 for me 25 for you something like that but uh, you you are not walking on to see the uh, see the tigers without without a significant outlay at the uh, at the start. So can I see fuck. his daughter swimming with him for that? <laughs> I don't know because she's definitely like polygamist owner of Tiger Reserve daughter hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look it up. Oh, and I didn't want to get out of here without this. Uh, you know, in the last episode, whenever uh, Jeff Lowe is talking about his hot nanny. Yeah. So one time, me and Vegas Mike were hanging out, right? And uh, I'm like, what do you want to do tonight? And he was like, well, I got some friends uh, who are uh, going to Crazy Horse 3, which is, he informed me at the time, the third ranked strip club in all of Las Vegas and the one that is situated closest to the Raiders' new stadium. So they got their fingers crossed, might crack into that top two. Having been to the other top two, I am uh, doubtful that they're going to be able to get there, but God bless them for trying, you know? <laughs> and uh, so Damn, we go there. incredible inside. <laughs> we, we, we go there, and um, he's uh, introducing me to, you know, all of his, all of his friends. Uh, it's, it's a gathering of various Instagram models that, uh, that, that he knows well. And uh, one of the ladies there, that nanny. Whoa, really? Absolutely. Wow. And uh, he, he informed me that whenever Jeff was uh, parading the Tiger Cubs around, that uh, Mike absolutely saw him. Like he, he went to uh, like a mansion, like the mansion he was renting or whatever. Like he had some friends who were like, hey, we're going back to party at this mansion. And he was like, all right. And he showed up and the guy was like, I got some tigers. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that was Jeff Lowe. And now you can get him to read about the bourgeoisie on cameo <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> jeff yeah all right so uh yeah we'll have a patreon this week and one of the two weekend nights we'll call ben muth how about that sounds great to me all right later man that's it for tonight the high school special is next so until tomorrow for everyone who's been a part of this one i'm tc and jake we do thank you for watching good night